excited to be continuing our series on Set Apart. Now, I'm sorry, but it is my second week in a row. So if you are hoping for someone else this morning, tough luck. You've got me again. I'm sure you'll get over it. We're going to be all right. We're going to do this together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us. Amen. Amen. Short and sweet. Jesus likes short and sweet. As we continue our series on Set Apart, the word advance came to mind. In verse 15 of Ephesians 6, it says, Be prepared with your feet with the gospel of peace. Be prepared, ready with your feet. Sometimes I think that as Christians, we forget how vitally important our feet really are. In fact, sometimes our feet are more important than our mouths. Because if we don't use our feet to get to a situation, how can our mouth ever be effective? If we are not a church that is willing to stand firm, willing to be on guard, willing to be stood upright, facing Jesus, how can we ever be led into the places that Jesus wants us to sow into? So this morning, we are going to unpack this a little bit more. Now, I say this all the time, and I'm going to repeat it again. I am sorry, but we live in a broken world. The world all around us is broken, and don't be fooling yourself that it's not. All you have to do is turn on the news. All you have to do is open your front door. All you have to do is go to the school ground. All you have to do is take a few steps, and we suddenly find someone who's hurting, who's broken, who's lost. But Jesus says to us, hey, you, I have set you apart. I have made you unique. I have made you different. And I have given you a purpose that no other has. And that is to go and make disciples of all nations. It's to go. It's to move. It's to advance. It's to step into this dark world that's all around us. And it's to make disciples. It's to turn graves into gardens. All around us, there are graves. There are people who are suffering. There are people who do not know Jesus. And unfortunately, that only ends one way. I'm not going to fool you. It ends one way. But Jesus says, hey, I have placed you here for a reason, to turn those graves into gardens. Gardens that are beautiful. Gardens that are growing. Gardens that are going to change the world. One place, one moment one soul at a time. It is time to advance. If you are a keen note taker, man, I hope I'm not the only one. If you're not, please join me in note taking. It's amazing. My life wouldn't be the same without notes. So today's title, write this down. It's time to advance. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to advance. Then turn to your second option and say, I'm sorry, but it's time to advance. It's time to advance. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Last week we spoke about the schemes that sometimes we become so focused 
on what the enemy is doing that we forget all that he can do is distract us from what he really, really is fearful of. The enemy is fearful of us. The enemy is scared that we're going to go and make changes, that we're going to go and save people, that we're going to bring people into the light. Don't get focused on the schemes of the enemy trying to distract you from what God wants you to do. You are good enough. You are worthy. You are qualified. You are where you are for a reason. However good or however bad your situation may be, you are there for a reason. Don't be distracted by the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Note the word stand. We're standing. We're a church that isn't tired. We're a church that isn't asleep. We are a church that is awake, that is standing, that is ready for the battle ahead, believing one person at a time, Yovel, and further will be transformed. We are standing firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. It's time to put on our shoes. It is time to advance. I turned to Mark this morning and I said, the same theme keeps coming up again and again and again. I feel like I've only got one preach to say. I sat there last night thinking, God, give me something else. Please, right now, give me something else to preach on. And all he kept saying is, church, it is time to advance. I know I keep saying it, but this is our time to see real transformation. This is our time to see real kingdom growth. Not just church growth here, but growth across the church worldwide. It is time to see revival. And I don't know about you, but I am hungry for graves to be turned into gardens. I am hungry to see people set free. I am hungry to see people step into freedom. Now is our time to advance. So put on your feet the gospel of peace and advance with the truth that you know. That without Jesus, you are lost. Without Jesus, there is only one way. So come to the one who gives life everlasting. Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Here in Ephesians, Paul is teaching us that to be set apart, we need to be people who are willing to move. We need to be people who are willing to use our feet, not just stood on the gut, uh, sidelines hoping for the best, but people who are willing to step in to the dark places. People who are willing to go and be a light in the center of all the darkness that's going on around us. It is time to use our feet and to be set apart from the world, to be different, to be game changers. For people to ask us, hey, why do you do what you do? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you smile like that all the time? Why do you always say such nice things? 
Why, why, why? It's because Jesus has given me feet to step into your situation and to declare goodness, truth, and love. My God promises to turn all things to good, and whatever you are facing, I know of a Father who can bring transformation. It doesn't matter how broken you may feel, I know of a God that will change your situation. Not if, not maybe, but a God who will transform the place you're at. I don't know the time and the day, but I know a God who promises to turn things to good. It's time to advance. And it's time to advance with the simple gospel. The gospel is so simple. Jesus sent his son to die on a cross to set us free, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Where can we go wrong? We so often get distracted by different theologies, by different thoughts, that maybe this is going to happen, maybe that's going to happen, maybe we need to stand in this, maybe we need to stand in that. Maybe we are so busy getting distracted by all the things of the world that we're not just preaching the simple gospel that, hey, it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter what you're caught up in, we are all the same, we are all sinners, and Jesus loves you just as much as he loves me. I hate to break the news to you, but that homeless person that we keep walking past week after week on the streets of Yeovil, Jesus loves them as much as he loves you. I hate to break it to you, but when I drive through the streets of Bristol and there's all these people selling themselves, I hate to break it to you, but Jesus loves them and is chasing after them as much as he is me and you. So why are we not doing the same? We're called to be like Jesus. Why do we, and I do it, I'm not perfect. Why do we walk past these people in the streets and just hope that we don't catch eye with them? We're called to be set apart. We're called to be different. We're called to speak truth and light and love directly into their lives that they too can receive transformational power. I was talking to one of our staff members this, just this week and she had a moment with uh, some of our nursery staff and we were talking and what came out is that they said, you're just always such a nice person. Why are you always so nice? And they were trying to think of good things to say about different staff members. And with this, with our staff member, all they could say was good things. There was nothing bad. They said, why? What's different about you? How can you deal with these people that are so annoying? Man, there are some people that are so annoying in life. And she said, and they said, how do you deal with these people? And the response was, I just pray. I just give it to God. And I allow God to change my heart. Come on! Why aren't people seeing a difference in our lives, in our workplaces, in our schools, when we go and pick the kids up, when we do the things of life? Why are people not seeing a difference in us? Let's stand firm. Let's step into the shop believing that somebody in that shop wants to hear about our friends, our lover, our father, Jesus. Let's stand firm and believe that we are going to see transformation. When I was at university, I, uh, I went on my own, and it was scary, and I was lonely. But this first day, I found this guy, and his name was Max, and he was awesome. He was, like, way better than me on the guitar. He had a great voice. He could sing. He was great at writing spoken word. 
And very quickly in the first day, me and him became quite close friends. And we were like, we'll look after each other. We've got this. It wasn't for weeks that I told him that I was going to go to church and that I loved Jesus. For weeks and weeks went past before I told him about Jesus. And all these weeks had gone past and he'd always say, oh, where are you going? I'm just going to church. Don't worry, I'll be back in a bit. Or when I went out street pastoring and I was on the streets speaking to all these different types of people, I didn't realize that actually the most important person that needed to hear of Jesus right then was the person that God had put right next to me. Sometimes we get so distracted by a new vision, a new opportunity, a new mission, that we forget there are actual people in our lives that don't know Jesus. There are people in our workplaces that maybe we sit next to every single day that don't know Jesus. I used to walk the dog when we lived in Sherborne up this uh, track, and there was always this grumpy man. Like, he was grumpy. And I was walking my dogs, and every time he comes, I'm like, oh no, here we go again. He's going to not say hello, he's going to grumble. So I said, good morning. Great. Have a great day. And I'd keep walking, and after a few weeks, months, I'd go back and I'd always say, oh, that grumpy man was there again with his dog. He never wants to engage. Anyway, this time came and we just kept walking past each other every single day. We never really engaged. We never really interacted. One day he goes to me, why are you always smiling at me? I thought, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to get hit. And I look him in the eyes. And I just said, hey, I just love Jesus. And I walked as quickly as I could ever walk again. We never spoke of that conversation ever again. What we did do from there on in is say hello. Every morning, hey, it's great to see you. Have a good walk. Cool, your dog's misbehaving. That's normally what he was saying to me. His dog is brilliant. But every day, just by mentioning the word Jesus, our conversation, our daily interaction changed. I haven't seen him since he moved, but who knows where he is, a seed was sown. Sometimes God places people in our lives that we walk past every single day that we normally take no note of. Well, they're the people that need to know Jesus. They're the people that God has placed in our path. When I started here six months ago as lead, I said to myself, there are two people that I want to impact. Number one priority this year. Number one, Thorn House. That place up the road. Man, we pray for them. We love on them. I want to support the staff the best I can. So I went and said hello. And since that day, we have spent hours just talking, saying hello, unpacking the Bible, unpacking his thoughts, the manager. Number two, I wanted to impact the people that just happen to walk past every single day. The people that are walking to work. The people that are going and dropping their kids to school. So every day there's somebody new walking past when I come in. And I just say, hey, good morning. It's great to see you. We make an effort to say somebody's at the door at the hub on Tuesday saying, hey, it's great to see you. You're walking past. Why don't you come in? Find out more about this. And more often than not, they come in. You see, with our feet, we move into the places that Jesus needs us to be. With our feet, we walk into the situations where we can impact people's lives, where we can sow seeds. Let's not forget the importance of our feet. I could stand here every week and preach. If I'm not living out, I'm nothing. What I preach, I live out. So when I go into the shops 
I'd like to say, hey, it's great to see you. Oh, what do you do for work? I work at the church. Oh, <laughs> you work at the church. Yeah, but it's nothing like that. It's so cool you should come one week. So many times just by saying, hey, I work at the church, or hey, I go to church, or hey, this, or hey, that, just by sowing a seed. Why do you waste my other time? Because I love Jesus. Just by sowing a seed, it opens a door that we can step into and we can sow and change the lives that we can turn graves into gardens. Philippians 2, 5 to 11 says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. We are here to serve. We are here to spread the good news of Christ. When I go into a restaurant, there's sometimes you go into a restaurant and you sit there for like hours waiting for the waitress or the waiter to come and take your order. Sometimes I've sat there waiting to finally find out that they don't do waitress service. You have to go and order. Well, thanks for telling me. You know, when I go into those restaurants and I find out that I'm paying X amount of money, that I'm going for a nice meal, and all of a sudden I've got to help myself, what is that about? Like, come on. You see, the people on the streets, very few of them are just going to help themselves to Jesus. Most of them need to be served. Most of them need to be loved. Most of them need a waitress or a waiter to go up to them and say, hey, why don't you join me this Sunday? Why don't you come to church? Because I know a God that can change your situation. We need our feet to serve the people of the world. We need our feet to be game changers. So don't undermine the power in your feet to lead you into places where God wants you to be. We are servants of God. We are servants of the Most High. We are servants of the one who can provide more than we could ever dream or imagine. Stand firm. Be confident in what you've got. Be excited with what you've got. And be willing to serve the beautiful banquet to whoever comes across your path. As I was preparing, I was reminded of the story of the Good Samaritan. The story is told in Luke 10, and it's about a man who is attacked, and he's beaten, and he's left for dead on the road. And just that picture reminds me so much of Yeovil. So many people are battered and bruised, and they are just left for dead. So many people are hurting. So many people are in poverty. So many people are in abuse. So many people are struggling with mental health. So many people don't realize that there's a God who can change their story, and they're just left on the road. You see, a priest and a Levite walk past. They cross the road. They want nothing to do with them. But a Samaritan stops and takes them in. You see, these two people were different classes. These two people had different history, different backgrounds. They didn't look the same. They probably didn't sound the same. They would never have normally wanted to share time together. But the Samaritans saw somebody who was in need, and he decided to do what was needed. So often we allow, maybe this is hard to hear, and I'm sorry, but so often we allow our class 
We allow our position. We allow our theology. We allow our roles. We allow our titles, our finances, the way we live, get in the way of the people that God is calling us to serve. Sometimes, and there's no other nice way to put it, we need to get off our high horse and we need to get in the mud and the dirt and the poo and we need to clear it up and bring people into freedom. Our feet are so important for advancing the kingdom of God. I was also thinking this week of all the different uniforms that people wear. The army and the gear they wear. The police, the firefighters. So many different roles in the uniform they wear and they can be distinguished by what they do because of what they wear. And it got me thinking, as Christians, we should be no different. We have a uniform. We have the armor of God. We have been set apart, made uniquely different. People should be able to identify us. Hey, that's a Christian. Hey, that's a Jesus lover. Hey, that's somebody who goes to South Philadelphia Church. Just like we can see a police officer walk past. Hey, that's a police officer. Hey, that's somebody in the army. We should be easily identified by the way that we live by the way that we are set apart from the world. You know what else I loved? They all have morals of integrity, respect. But one thing they all have in common, and they call it this, selfless commitment. The army puts it like this, makes first and mission first, me second. Makes a mission first, me second. What would it look like if we had the mentality of a church? It's God first, people facing, me last. That we stopped worrying about the clothes that we wear. We stopped worrying about the way that we look and the things that we say that sound so crazy to the world. And we become God-focused, people-facing. That we stop just facing at the screen, coming for an amazing uplift on a Sunday morning, but we get empowered we get equipped and we leave because we are a people-facing church. That Sunday is only the start of what's about to happen. The best is yet to come. Mates first. Mission first. Me second. God first. People focused. Me last. Come on, church. We advance together. We stand together. And we change Yodel. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Romans 12, 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And the list goes on and on and on. There are so many scriptures which talk about being people facing. So many scriptures which talk about standing firm. So many scriptures which talk about walking into the depths of the darkness and preaching the good news of Christ. When I was, uh, one of the stories I had when I was out doing street pastoring in uni is I uh, very often was dealing with people who were drunk and, you know, we had tea and toast 
that was our motto. We had a, that was our sale point. We had tea and toast. So people would come to us because they knew they could get a free cup of tea and a free cold, but at this point they didn't care, piece of toast. And that's what we did every week. But this one week I stood there and this guy comes up to me and you see the anger in his face. And I think, oh Lord Jesus, what is going to happen? And all of a sudden, another guy who I'm on team with comes over because he can see the severity of what looks like it's about to happen. And he goes, I'm an atheist. Why are you on these streets talking about Jesus? No one cares. And it made me stop. It made me think. And all I could say, and it's weird, all I could say was, go and look up Laminin. And he said, what do you mean, go and look up laminin? I said, well, just this week I've been listening to something, and it's about the biology, it's about the makeup of the human body. Go and look it up. Go and look it up. That was it. He walked off. I thought maybe that was just good to shut him up and get him out of my face. A week later, he starts walking towards me again. Same time, same place. He obviously knows where I'm going to be, right? And he's walking towards me, and I think, oh, Lord Jesus. (laughs) And he goes... Wow. How did you know that I was a biology student? How did you know I was learning about medicine? I looked up laminin and it's a protein that makes up some of the cells, some of the structure in our bodies. Doctors, you know far more than I do. But it makes up this cellular module, I don't know. But it makes up a part of our bodies. And he goes, but did you know it's in the shape of a cross? One of the most important proteins in our body is in the shape of the cross, and it's made up of three parts that, when they draw it, are beautifully entwined together. Hey, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow. How did you know? I said I didn't know. Jesus just gave me the word laminin. I hope it blesses you. He says, you hope it blesses me. You have changed my story. Come on! Sometimes we just need to stand firm in the things that are in our head. Sometimes we need to have confidence in what Jesus is saying, and we need to step out. When I was there, looking like I was going to get a black eye, and I'm saying, go and look up laminin, I'm like, what the heck? Sometimes we need to have confidence that Jesus is guiding our steps, that he is leading us to people that are desperate, that are hungry, that want to see change. There is never a coincidence. There is only ever perfect timing. You are where you are for a reason. So stand firm. Believe in the truth that you have and you will see change. You will see transformation. And let me finish with this. I said it earlier and I'm going to say it again. As Christians, we get so bogged down by different theologies. We get so bogged down by different topics. We get so bogged down by different things out in the world that we want to change, that we want to stand firm, that we want to make our point known, that sometimes we allow the noise of that to overcome what Jesus really has given us. And that is a simple gospel. We don't need to go full out fighting all the different things of the world. We just need to have the truth and the confidence in the simple gospel that, hey, Jesus loves every single one of us. I don't care about your view. I don't care about your opinion. What I need you to know is that we are all broken, 
destined for doom, but Jesus has died on a cross to set me and you free. We may never agree on this topic, but as long as you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the rest is just noise. When I get to heaven, praise the Lord, Jesus isn't going to say, how much of the Bible can you recite to me right now? When I get to heaven, praise the Lord, he's not going to say to me, and what was your view on this topic? Where did you stand? All he's going to say is, hey, you know me as your Lord and Savior, and that is all that matters. When we advance, let's not advance with our thoughts. Let's not advance with the desire to change the entire world's opinion on climate, on global warming. Let's just advance with the simple gospel that, hey, we are all broken and Jesus loves you. And as we step into situations, let Jesus do the transformational work that needs to happen. We're not there to judge. We're not there to transform. We are there just to direct them to Jesus. To say, hey, this is the man who can change. This is the man who can step into a life. He declares, it is finished. So remember this. Number one, we are all sinners and we are falling short and we all get things wrong. Every single one of us are sinners. Sorry to break the news to you, but we are. We're the same as the people on the streets. Jesus loves us the same. We are all broken. Number two, because of our sin and wickedness, we have been cut apart from God. We have become distant from our heavenly maker, our Lord and Savior. There is now a gap between us. Yet, because God loved us, despite our sin, he sent his son to die on a cross to set us free, declaring once and for all, it is finished. And that son who came to die on a cross has restored the relationship that we too have access to the power of God. And we too now have the mission to transform lives one at a time. That is why we advance, not because of religion or theology, not because we're building a church of Pentecostals, Anglicans, but because we want to see people who are set apart from the world, made uniquely different, standing firm. It's all about the simple gospel. Do you want to come back up? Right now, we're going to take communion together. And as we take communion together this morning, let's center on the simple gospel that Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. And maybe there's some things in our lives that we have allowed to get in the way of that relationship. So right now, as we take communion and as uh, little cups come round, let's just center our hearts on Jesus. Let's thank him for what he has done, that he has set us free. And as we do that together, and as we thank Jesus for what he's done in our lives, as we reflect, why, not, why don't we ask God, God, open my eyes to somebody that needs to hear about you that's in my life. Open my eyes to somebody at work. Open my eyes to someone I walk past every single day on the dog walk. Open my eyes to the same cashier that I go to for food every single week. Open my eyes and give me the confidence to stand firm in truth, in the confidence, in the security of what I have. So right now, these guys are just going to sing over us.
And as they sing over us, let's just reflect on what Jesus did on that cross. As communion comes, take it as you wish. Take it in your own time. But right now, this is just between us and God. This isn't something we're going to do corporately. This is something personal. Something from the heart. Jesus, we return to you right now. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. We thank you that you sent your son to die on that cross. We thank you for the body and the blood freely broken for us. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us and make us new.